Guide thou me, O great Jehovah. That would be my prayer this morning. And I hope that's every one of our prayers this morning. Um, For those of you that were anticipating listening to Dwight this morning, guess what? You're going to get to listen to me instead. And truthfully, I don't really think that it makes a difference in who it comes through. If it's the Word of God, I think that it, um, it can be a blessing to each and every one of us. Um, the text this morning is going to be taken out of Matthew 13. I'm going to be uh, doing some hopping and jumping. Um, the, um, the inspiration came because of this... Um, I mean, the, the text for the, for the um, message today came from yesterday I got to sit in the tractor and was preparing the, for, uh, the seed, or the soil for seed. And um, I got to thinking about it. It's like, you know what? This really is a great text, and it really needs to be talked about. Because, and today I'm going to be focusing more on, on the sower than the seed or the recipient or how much it multiplies or whatever and because I do think that you know we can't control how our seeds multiply but we can control who gets the seed how the soil is prepared and I think that that's something that needs to be addressed Matthew 13 verses 3 to 8 And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. And then he ends up with, who hath ears to hear? Let him hear. And then we're going to jump over into verses 18 to 23 where he, he, he um, explains the parable. <clears throat> and he says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart, that is, he which receiveth seed by the wayside. But he that receiveth the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and Anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but doreth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth, because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receiveth seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and cares for this world, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the words, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that beareth the, heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Those, those are the people that I would like to concentrate on today. How can we make sure that our soil finds, or our seed finds soil that is productive. First of all, let's go look at the sower. Who should sow the seed? 
Um, you know, I look around here at this congregation, and we've got a fair amount of farmers here. Either people that grew up on the farm or are very, very aware of what the, what the farming, how the seed process, it takes a, it, it, there's a process. First of all, we select where we want to plant the seed. And then we, then we find, um, then we fertilize it, and we put the seed in, and the seed dies, and it grows, and we watch over it, and we love it, and we care for it, we hoe for, it, we hoe it, and <clears throat> sometimes we even trim and prune it. However, I don't think that we're going to go probably if we're looking into um, looking into having a productive harvest. I don't think that we're probably going to go to somebody that lives in the inner city and does most of her shop, his or her shopping in the grocery store, to have the answers for how to to um, get good seed to grow and to make it multiply. I think we're probably gonna go to a, an agronomist or maybe somebody that's had some experience, quite a bit of experience already. Somebody that might have been, um, might have grown up in the, on the farm, was an apprentice somewhere, that he understands the process and he knows what goes into making, making a seed grow. And when I say making a seed grow, we can do all we want to, but God, it says that um, I, can, I can seed, I can plant, but God gives the increase. And you know, I think that's a wonderful thing that, that none of us have, the, have that ability that we can, we can just go ahead and we can say, okay, if we take care of everything just right, I can put the seed on the ground and I can make it multiply the way that, it, that I want to. No, I don't think that's the way that it works. And I don't think that, I think that God did it for a reason for that. Nobody can, can you know, put a lot of, um, he, can, he can, you know, um, have a lot of recognition to himself, draw a lot of recognition to himself that I was the one that drew this person to the Lord. <clears throat> So now, um, so the likewise, we need to have somebody in, uh, somebody that is sowing the seed spiritually. Who do, we, who do we have to sow the seed? I don't think that we're going to just have somebody that has got a book knowledge of it. We want to have somebody that has got experience. Has somebody that has, has, you know, has the ability to probably take care and nurture that seed. And I want to be careful how I say that too because I do believe that all of us are called no matter where we're at in, in, in our walk with, on the spiritual journey. I think all of us are called to, to win souls for Jesus. No matter if it's our first day after the conversion or if it's the, um, or if we've been here and seasoned like Lynn, you know, that's been around for a while. I don't think that we have to wait until we're Lynn's age in order to go out and win souls for Jesus. I don't think that we need to go wait until we're that age to start sowing our seeds. But I do think that, that we do want somebody that has got some experience that will point us in the right direction. And in order to do that, we have to have, we, there's a, a few components that go into it. We need good ground. And so what do we look for when we're going for good ground? Are we just gonna go out there and randomly plant into the 
gravel you know, our, in our drive and expect that, that we're gonna get good seed. No, we're gonna go look for something that looks productive. However, Dwight, do you only plant into, into ground that's got 90 CSR? And I'm sorry for those of you that don't understand that part of it, but CSR is just the productivity rating or the fertility, not the fertility, but the productive, productive, productivity rating of a field. Do you only plant in, in ground that's 90 CSR? No. Dwight says that he doesn't. And I think that, I think that that's important that we understand that, that we do want good soil to plant. You know, we don't want to go out there and just throw our pearls before the swine. We want to go out there and we want to plant into something that we see that's going to sprout and is going to materialize into something great and wonderful and that it can, you know, it can, it can multiply into a hundredfold or whatever else. But, you know, Dwight plants his clay uh, hillsides. He plants his, his creek bottoms. He plants them all. However, there might be a different, different approach to it. And I think that, um, he, might, he might adjust his seeding. He might plant heavier in some areas. He might, um, you know, where there's some weed pressure, he might um, adjust his, his herbicides a little bit um, there. Or where there's, um, let me see, what else? What all, well, he's also gonna probably fertilize some of the areas heavily. So in the farming world, there's, there's three ingredients that, that are kind of major in the fertility part of it, and it's, it's called NPP, and that stands for nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus, if, I, if I'm correct on that. And those three, three things are, are pretty important. In our spiritual lives, there's some important things too, and I think that there's some things that we cannot live, and we cannot we cannot even expect to start seeding without having these in important ingredients. And I think that that's, those are the important things as well in our, in our, in our um, uh, physical side of it. It's like you wouldn't even think about planting somewhere where it's completely devoid of nitrogen, where it's completely devoid of potassium and phosphorus. I think I think the important thing is in our spiritual life is that we have that NPP in our life as well. And I think we could probably, I don't know, you, you guys can think about it all you want to and, and head your thinking into whatever direction that you want to because I think that there's way more. This is not an all-inclusive message at all. I mean, this is, this is going to be kind of a, a hit and miss. But maybe in, in my thinking, when I was thinking about it, it could stand for possibly prayer, my, my alone time with my Bible reading, um, maybe fasting. Um, there's, there's way more things than that. But you know what? If, if I don't have at least the first two ingredients, if I don't have prayer, if I don't have my Bible reading, if I don't have that relationship, that personal relationship with the Lord, it is going to go nowhere at all. My seed, I can put as much seed as I want to, and it's going to be 100% non-germination whatsoever. And I don't think that any of us like putting seeds into the planter box and expecting, fully expecting that there's not going to have any germination occurring. I think that's, that's something that we're hoping to have a very good germination, but it takes preparation in order to get there. <clears throat> um, okay, I'm, I'm kind of blazing way ahead of my notes here. 
Um, the other thing is, too, is that when we go to Platten, Dwight, well, Keith, let's pick on you for a little bit there. Yeah, there again. I got your attention now. Um, so do you know what to expect when you plant the seed? We live in Iowa. You know what to expect at the, at the end of the, at the harvest, right? Yeah, hopefully. Why don't you say, yeah, of course I do. That's right. Amen. We plant with faith. And we don't know what the weather's going to hold. I mean, we actually usually figure in Iowa there's, a, there's an average rainfall of what is it, 45 to 65 inches, something like that. And that can vary quite a bit. I mean, that, that can make a difference between 150 bushels to 250 bushels, depending on how much rain we get. And that was an interesting thing that I, I um, was at a seed meeting a number of years ago. And coming from somebody that has no, um, well, I don't know where he was at spiritually, but from, coming from a, from a salesman standpoint, that it's really important to, to everybody that he knows, that everyone knows that his seed is the very best, I thought it was pretty profound. He said, you know what? We can, we can prepare the soil as well as we want to. We can put the best seed in that we want to. And we can fertilize it the best that we can. But in the end, there's only, what is it, 15% or less, I think, that is actually, that's all we can do. The rest of it depends on God. Wow. It's pretty amazing. And that's, that's the interesting thing, too, that we can go out there and we can, we can prepare the soil. And we can do it just right. We can plant the soil with the very best seeds. We can fertilize it. But you know what? In the end, I can still not dictate what your heart, how your heart is with the Lord. I can't make you change from a lost sinner to a, a saved sinner. But I can help, and I will. Now, where am I going to go do that? I think that there's a lot of us people today that think that we can go off into some far-off, far-flung mission field somewhere way out there, and we can, we can win souls. And I don't quite get the gist of that. And I am not, I am not condemning anybody that goes. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that when you cannot, uh, when you cannot have a Christian um, witness right here within, this own, within your home community, I don't know why we miraculously think that overseas somewhere that's going to change and that we're going to become soul winners for Jesus. I think right here, right here in this area, there's, there's needs around us that we can minister. Um, and I think that's the interesting thing about it is that we even have it right here in our own families. I, I, had, a, um, I had a really interesting conversation. So on a beautiful day here a couple of weeks ago, I had some business at CBI, which I don't bank there most of the times, but um, I needed to go in there that day and... There was three of my, my seasoned 
friends were, were sitting there drinking coffee. And I waved at them and thought that should suffice, you know. And I did my business and I bolted for the door. And one of the old gentlemen um, called out to me and said, Norman, don't you have time to sit with us for a little bit? How can you say no to that? I mean, you sure would have liked to. And I said, yes, I do. I'll take 10 minutes. And I said, I need to, I always enjoy tapping in to the resources that my older friends have. There is such an abundance of wisdom going on there. And, and so I sat there with them and I asked them, I said, okay, we're gonna make good time of our 10 minutes while we're here. And I said, so what is the best thing that has happened to you in your life? I want all of you to answer it. And I said, I'm going to pick on you first. I said, so the rest of you guys got something. You got time to think about something really good while, while he's telling us about his good experience. The first guy said that, well, you know, the best thing that has happened to him was that he had his wife for 40, 49 years and however many days it was. She is a wonderful woman and it impacted his life in a positive way. And I said, yeah. And now that you don't have her anymore, you can't really move on with life. He said, no, it's not the truth. He said, with God, all things are possible. But I do thank God for the blessing of having my wife. Wonderful. That was a wonderful testimony. The next, the next man said, you know, the best thing that happened to me was the day that I accepted Christ as my Savior. It turned my life around. It, it turned me from an immoral young person to the man I am today. And then he said, with that came a godly wife that impacted my life. That's great. And the fourth guy came in while we were talking there. And so, of course, he has, you know, I said, you're included in this too. You're, you're it. You know, what was the best thing that happened to you? And he said, the best thing that happened to me was, he said, my parents chose to uproot from their home community where they had, where they had all the family, all the connections that they ever had. And they chose to relocate for the sake of their family. And he said, truthfully, today I wouldn't know where I'd be today if mom and dad wouldn't have made that sacrifice by moving. He said, I have no idea what was the drawing effect, I mean the drawing factor why dad decided to move here to Kelowna, Iowa. He said he had no interest in farming whatsoever. That's all we do here, right? Um, but parents, you do have such a huge impact on your children. And are we willing to make the concessions? Are we willing to make the changes that we need to in order to, for the sake of our children? Are we willing to, you know, to curtail our lifestyle in order for the betterment of our family? Or do we just kind of go rushing on through life and say, well, you know, these are things that life threw at me. I've got to accept them. And so, therefore, it really doesn't matter what the needs of my family are. <clears throat> um, 
Okay, I gotta see where I'm on to now. Okay, and then next, where do we, how do we, you know, how do we base our success? Is, is, as, as a sower, how, if, if I, if, if I got 200 bushels an acre, if I got 250 bushels an acre, now I'm in a success. If I've got, I've got one field over here that made 250 bushels an acre, all the rest of my crops were failures, but that, that 250 bushels an acre was, that's the one that I'm hanging my hat on. Um, I, I really don't know exactly exactly what success looks like, but I think we all have our visions of what it is. And I think, um, I'm not, I'm pretty sure that there's an event here in Washington that most of us have probably gone to. I've never attended, but this is something that, um, that they say happens at this event is after, after the event, they'll um, always say, you know, we're, taking a hand raise for all of those that want to give their hearts to Jesus tonight. And then, then they'll say, you know, there's been 542 souls won for Christ this so far this year. And I think, you know, there's probably nothing wrong in that. But I think that um, it goes more beyond. It's like, what can I do for Jesus? What can I... Um, how can I be the most productive? How can I, and, and, and just because I won, no, I want to I rephrase that. Just because one soul was won for Christ, does that mean my job is over with? My family is all walking in God's footsteps. Therefore, I've got it all under control. I don't need, I don't, I don't need, my, my job is done. I don't need to do it. No. I think every day we go out there and we sow seeds and we have no idea where those seeds are going necessarily. But it is important to be sowing those seeds. Um, I had a friend and a neighbor, it's too bad Lori's not here, she didn't know exactly who I was talking about, but he said that the straightness of your rows are the indication of how good of a farmer you are. And he always had straight rows. That was long before GPS. I mean, now he probably couldn't compete. But, um, and, you know, that was always a goal that we as young men had was like, plant straight, boys. You know, we don't want any of these contour rows. Well, are we focusing on, as we talked about in, in Sunday school this morning, are we talking about, are we focusing on that badge? Are we, are we focusing on looking exactly like the right people? Are we more intent on showing the fruits of the Spirit? Are we more intent on showing love, gentleness, meekness, temperance, and all the other fruits of the Spirit? Are we more intent on looking, you know, like these prim and proper Christians that don't mess up? Um, because I think that people that are needing Christ today are going to need to be showing the way but yet, they've also got to feel like, like we aren't up here on a pedestal and all of you rest are down here groveling around like some little mongrel of some sort. No. God loves, I think he needs to know, these people need to know that we actually care about them, that we love them, and that we want the best for them. 
Um, and then also, touching just a little bit about the, um, the sower or the seed that fell amongst the thorns. We all do have different gifts, and I need to, I need to wind this thing down. We do all have different gifts, and I think that um, we, need to, we need to use these gifts. I do believe that some people are better evangelists than others. I think some, some people are better teachers than others. Some people are better prophets. Some people speak in tongues. Um, but I do think that we need to not only you know, win souls for Jesus, but we need to walk with them. I think that's where, I think that um, when, when we plant a field, we don't just plant, put the seed in the ground, walk away from it, and you're all on your own. No, you ladies with gardens, we, um, we carefully, we fertilize, we hoe the weeds, we, we till and do whatever else, we'll water it if we need to. And I think that that's something that, that we need to understand too about these spiritual souls out there. We don't just say, well, hallelujah, Caleb had a revival, he's come to Jesus and now he's on his own. No, we walk alongside with you. We walk alongside with Sean and we walk alongside with everyone here, um, I think if we're true brothers and sisters. And sometimes that's hard. Sometimes that takes effort. I, I need to bring this thing to a close and I just got, um, one thing that I, uh, I'd like, a couple of questions that I'd like to pose for you. Uh, one more comment is that despite all the effort that we put into it, into sowing our seeds, in the end, we're just, um, what would be the word? We're servants that are undeserving. And I think that... Um, I don't, I don't care how many souls have come to Christ through our efforts. We're still undeserving servants that are still need God's grace just as much as anyone else. Thoughts to ponder is where will I sow my seed? Then am I willing to work with the crop that I planted? And then also, what do I base my success off in the spiritual system? sense. And these are all things that we need to think about every day. And let's just pray for each other that we don't faint by the way.